1: It's amazing how after one shoe after another drops that we just go on like it's no big deal on to the next issue. That was one new cycle. That was one new cycle. Not only did the Russian government interfere with our election, our government interfered with our election. The Obama administration interfered with our election in ways... Never seen before in this country. Now, the Obama FBI—excuse me—the Obama FBI, led by James Comey, interfered in our election. The Obama CIA, led by John Brennan, interfered in our election. Obama's National Intelligence Agency, led by Clapper, interfered in our election. We have seen lies by omission to a federal judge in the secret FISA court. We have seen that the judge involved in that initial FISA warrant has taken no steps, none whatsoever, to punish the perpetrators. We know with certainty now there, there have been one or more FBI spies ...placed in the Trump campaign. Spies. We know now that a cabal of FBI agents, rogue agents... ...assigned to themselves the responsibility to investigate the Trump campaign. Incredible. These are things that never happened under J. Edgar Hoover. The FBI director who cleared Hillary Clinton... Smeared Donald Trump and leaked to the media. The CIA director, Brennan, was peddling the Clinton DNC opposition research, known as the Steele dossier on Capitol Hill and the law enforcement. And Obama deputy attorney general, Sally Yates signed a bogus FISA application concealing the role of the Hillary Clinton campaign, the DNC, and Russia in undermining our election. We have the unmasking of American citizens by the Trump administration, excuse me, by the Obama administration of Trump world, by Susan Rice, by Samantha Power, and by many others. The The numbers involved, the unmasking, unprecedented. And names like Michael Flynn leaked to the media. They still haven't tracked down that leak for some reason. And yet at the heart of it, there was a failure by Obama, Brennan, Comey, Clapper, Rice, and all the rest to stop the Russians from interfering in our election. As this cabal conspired to interfere in our election and in fact did the government the federal government under the control of Obama surrogates interfered with our last election in ways much more notorious and extensive than the Russians and yet Donald Trump is under investigation Mueller is investigating the wrong candidate the wrong political party, the wrong campaign, the wrong surrogates. But it doesn't matter. Because that is his obsession. And then there's the media. The media. The media are active participants in interfering in the last election. Active participants in covering up for the wrongdoing, even illegality, of individuals high up in our federal government who are interfering in our election. The media were the beneficiary of leaks, of leaks, by top public officials who are violating their oath and committing felonies and making those leaks. The media in our country, I have to say, given their groupthink and given their conduct are really not that different from state-run media in tyrannical regimes. They're not protecting the American people from a government run amok, from an FBI run amuck, from a CIA run amuck. They're protecting those who are running amok. The same media who just this week backed Hamas against Israel. The same media. Who backed Iran against the United States. The same media who backed North Korea against the United States. The media. So as a matter of fact the President's campaign was spied upon by a rogue cabal of FBI agents as a matter of fact a federal warrant was issued by the FISA court in a counterintelligence investigation that misled the judge by withholding, omitting material information As a matter of fact the American federal government illegally unmasked the names of American citizens and leaked them to the media. As a matter of fact the head of the CIA was peddling opposition research paid for by the Hillary Clinton campaign and the DNC to members of Congress and to the FBI knowing full well that much of the information could not be verified. As a matter of fact, James Clapper, the director of national intelligence, the umbrella organization, lied to Congress at least twice and lied to you and me about the FISA warrant as he is the culprit believed to have leaked to CNN about the meeting between Comey and Trump and the later was rewarded by being hired by Siena. Now, I want to do something. It's a little unusual. It's a little unusual because what I did originally was a little unusual. I want to go back, and I would like you to come back with me. I, I want your opinion on this. I want to go back after the break, and I want to listen... Not to what I said on the radio in March 2017. Not to what I said to Sean Hannity on his show in March 2017. But I want to go back and, with you, listen to what I said on Fox & Friends weekend on March 5th, 2017. Let's see how close I came. Remember, I certainly didn't have all the specifics. But let's see how close I came to having essentially the general parameters of this thing nailed down. I think it'll be very interesting. I have not listened to this since the last time I played it, so we'll do this together. I'll be right back. Mark in 17, what is that? That's uh, 14 months ago. I'm preparing my radio show a few days earlier. This was the second time I talked about it. You know, I was focusing on other things, and I start pulling an article and another article, and I said, whoa, 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 wait a minute, what is this? And I'm pulling them together, and about 10 minutes before they air, I say to Rich, you're not going to believe this, my producer, you're not going to believe this. And so I lay out the case for, among others, Fox and Friends over the weekend, March 5, 2017. Let's see how close I was, at least in general parameters. Cut 11. Go. The evidence is overwhelming. This is not about President Trump's tweeting. This is about the Obama administration's spying. And the question isn't whether it spied. We know they went to the FISA court twice. The question is, who did they spy on? The extent of the spying. That is... The Trump campaign, the Trump transition, Trump surrogates. And I want to walk you through this, the American people. Exhibit one. Exhibit one. This is all public. Head Street. Two separate sources with links to the counterintelligence community have confirmed that the FBI sought and was granted a Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Act court. This is spying. Uh, In October, giving counterintelligence permission to examine the activity of, quote, U.S. persons in Donald Trump's campaign with ties to Russia. Let me go on. This isn't me. They say the first FISA request, sources say named Trump, was denied back in June, denied by the court. Mm -hmm. But the second was drawn more narrowly and was granted in October after evidence was presented of a server possibly related to the Trump campaign and its alleged links to two banks. Now, sources suggest that a FISA warrant was granted to look at the full content of emails, and other related documents that may concern U.S. persons. Now, I know people are hung up with Trump's word, wiretapping. Well, how'd they get access to this server information? Does it really matter if it was wiretapping, electronic surveillance, or whatever it was? Exhibit 2, The Guardian, a well-known right-wing British paper. Here it is, uh, quote, The Guardian has learned the FBI applied for a warrant from the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court over the summer in order to monitor four members of the Trump team Suspected of irregular contacts with Russian officials. Keep in mind, this is during a presidential election. The sitting president, the incumbent party, is now investigating the presidential candidate of the Republican Party and his campaign to some extent. The FISA court turned down the application asking FBI counterintelligence investigators to narrow its focus. According to one report, the FBI was finally granted a warrant in October. Exhibit three, McClatchy, another well-known right-wing newspaper. Here they have the agency's headline, FBI, five other agencies, five other Obama administration agencies pro possible covert Kremlin aid to Trump. The FBI and five other law enforcement intelligence agencies have collaborated for months in an investigation into Russian attempts to influence the November election, including whether money from Kremlin, uh, covertly aided presidential elect Donald Trump two people familiar with the matter said the agencies involved in the inquiry are the FBI the CIA the NSA the Justice Department the Treasury Department's financial crimes enforcement network and representatives of the director of the national intelligence are you telling me Barack Obama didn't know it was Mark, going as on as in you six go- agencies? as you hold go on hold on, on. How are hold on hold do- on okay keep going I'm not done I need to make the case <laughs> Because the media seems to be confused about their own reporting. New York Times, another well-known liberal outlet, intercepted Russian communications part of inquiry into Trump Associates January 19. The FBI is leading the investigations aided by the NSA, the CIA, Treasury Department's financial crimes unit. The investigators have accelerated their efforts in recent weeks, but have found no exclusive conclusive evidence or wrongdoing. Listen to this. One official said intelligence reports based on some of the wiretap communications have been provided to the White House. This is the New York Times. Another right wing outlet. Four.
2: Another right wing outlet. Let's yeah. continue.
1: <laughs> New York Times again. NSA gets more latitude to share intercepted communications. In the final days of the Obama administration, uh, the administration has expanded the power of the NSA to share globally intercepted personal communications with the government, 16 other intelligence agencies before applying privacy protections. Now, why would they do this on the way out the door? Well, March 1, Exhibit 6, Obama administration rushed to preserve intelligence of Russian election hacking. In the Obama administration's last days, listen to this, some White House officials scrambled to spread information about Russian efforts to undermine the presidential election. And about possible contacts between associates of President-elect Trump and Russians across the government. I'm not done. <laughs> Exhibit 7, New York Times. Flynn is said to have talked to Russians about sanctions Trump took office. Well, where'd they get this information? Well, Mark, you know, the FISA court, they're always monitoring the, uh, the uh, Russian ambassador and so forth. How do we know that? Maybe they are, maybe they're not. But there's an awful lot of other activity. Sure. Here we have Washington Post. One more. Washington Post, March 2nd. U.S. investigators have examined contacts Attorney General Sessions had with Russian officials during the time he was advising Donald Trump's campaign. The focus of the U.S. counterintelligence investigation has been on communication between Trump campaign officials in mm-hmm. Russia. Listen to this. The inquiry involving Sessions is examining his contacts while serving as Trump's foreign policy advisor in the spring and summer of 2016. This has been going on for a year. All right, I'm back live. So these were the general parameters. The first time I mentioned this was on radio, right, Rich? I believe it was March 2nd, 2017. This was March 5th, 2017, and then I believe I was on Sean Hannity's show March 6th, or thereabouts, 2017, laying out the same case. That the Trump campaign... ...had been spied on. There was no other way to explain it. Absolutely the first person to point it out... ...radio, TV, columnists, anywhere... ...that the Trump campaign had been spied on. That's why you get a FISA warrant. I was immediately attacked... ...by the Associated Press... By the Washington Post by the New York Times by CNN ABC MBC, CBS MSNBC and in this business I'm in conservative talk radio three or four people came to my defense now those were the general outlines now I want you to listen when we come back to how certain media outlets responded to what i said because as you know president trump took what i said and he said somewhat inaccurately but close enough it really didn't matter that don you know that obama had ordered taps on his wires at trump tower we didn't know exactly what they did but i knew they did something i'll be right back
0: Leven Show, the pool feed for the conservative media.
1: Dive in now. 877 I want to thank my buddy Larry O'Connor, WMEL. He is a really good friend. He's got a wonderful wife too, Meredith. And I, and they, and my beautiful wife, Julie and I, we're all friends. And Larry is a very honorable man. He is. And he's been covering this beautifully. He just has been. So now we know today that there was surveillance of Trump world through the FISA court. Extraordinary. Absolutely extraordinary. That's never happened before, to my knowledge, since 1979 when this court was created on any presidential candidate. With the thinnest of pretexts, we now know, thanks to the New York Times, that they use national security letters. They abuse them. National security letters where they essentially do an end run around the process. And we also know that they had actual an actual spy or a spies, a spy or spies, national security letters, FISA surveillance, that is, listening in on people's conversations, uh, yes, tapping into their phones if they use hard lines and so forth and so on, on an opposition party, on an opposition candidate and his people. We still don't know the extent of this, now do we? We still don't know the extent of it. Now, when I mentioned this and the President of the United States tweeted and the folks at Breitbart and some of the other sites linked to it and spoke to it, the media went nuts. I can't do this justice from an audio perspective, but I want you to listen to what they said. This is the Hamas... Iranian regime North Carolina, uh, North uh, Korean American media Let's start with this montage That we put together It'll be Jake Tapper of CNN Brian Ross of ABC News Who's put up, been put out to pasture CNN's Brian Stelter CBS Stephen Colbert MSNBC Joe Scarborough National Public Radio MSNBC Chris Matthews HBO John Oliver and so forth and so on And let me tell you their so-called comics are their news people, and their news people are their so-called comics. Cut 12, go.
3: White House officials say that the president's sources were various conservative outlets, most prominently, perhaps, radio host Mark Levin, who seemed to take three basic chunks of information and combine them into one
4: conspiracy theory of what he calls a silent coup. And on the conservative Breitbart website, which Friday highlighted a conspiracy-loving radio talk show host, Mark
5: Levin. Now, the story asserted that Obama has been trying to undermine Trump at every turn. As you can see from the headline, it was inspired by a Thursday night radio segment by conservative talk show host Mark Levin. (laughs)
4: Apparently, uh, this idea came from right-wing radio host and unlicensed gynecologist, Mark Levin, who ranted about these wiretaps on his radio show. That show was then written up by Breitbart as Mark Levin to Congress, Investigate Obama's
6: Silent Coup versus Trump. What does the White House gain by the president of the by Steve Bannon and most likely handing the President of the United States a, a Breitbart, Breitbart article. article and 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 talking about what a rabid right wing talk show host Uh, Has been theorizing. Start with uh, Firebrand conservative radio
7: host Mark Levin. Uh, Briefly, for people who don't know, who is he?
4: He's uh, got quite a following, and he's not just a conservative figure, but often espousing relatively radical positions about the need to uh, reinvent the Constitution and the government and Mm -hmm. ways in which we think about society.
0: The notion that Mark Levin is a news outlet it's not the New York Times, it's not the Washington Post, it's not the Wall Street Journal, it's not the LA Times, it's not a major news network. it's Mark Levin, a guy who, you know, I know what talk radio guys do on left and right, mostly on right. They rible, rile people up with outrageous charges and nobody keeps count of them. But here's the president of the United States getting his information from these
8: people. Evidence for suggesting President Obama has committed a crime seems pretty thin.
4: The detailed speculation from a conspiracy-loving talk show host, like, Mark uh, Levin. What?
8: Okay, I think we can now officially declare that Trump has a worse media diet than the son of Sam Killer. And he got all his news from a talking dog who told him to murder.
1: So here we have, ladies and gentlemen, a very, very serious breach of our Constitution and our entire notion of republicanism. And this is the kind of reporting, these are the kinds of comedians uh, who we have in this country today, (coughs) excuse me, today. And I want to focus even more on this Brian Stelter at CNN. And he writes me an email we wrote back and forth. I was pretty disgusted with him, and I still am. I have no evidence that there was a FISA warrant. Other than, of course, these news stories. I don't have any personal evidence. Now, how stupid is that? How would I have personal evidence? I never said I had personal evidence. Brian Stelter has never circled back to correct himself and apologize to me. None of them have. I don't even want their apology. It's not even the point. The media in this country are spectacularly, unconscionably dishonest. But here's Brian Stelter on March 5th, 2017, after I, a few hours after I had finished on Fox and Friends on that weekend. Cut, 13, go.
5: This morning, just in time for the Sunday morning shows, Trump press secretary Sean Spicer said, quote, reports concerning potentially politically motivated investigations immediately ahead of the 2016 election are very troubling. By reports, does he mean Trump's own tweets? Because early Saturday morning Trump went on a reckless tweet storm making allegations that are reminiscent of his birther conspiracy theory and his bogus claims about a rigged election. He said, quote, How low has President Obama gone to tap my phones during the very sacred election process? This is Nixon, slash Watergate. Obama's a bad or sick guy. Where did Trump get these ideas? Where is he getting his information? CNN's Jeff Zeleny reports that this Breitbart news story was circulating in the West Wing on Friday and that Trump was infuriated by it. Now, the story asserted that Obama has been trying to undermine Trump at every turn. As you can see from the headline, it was inspired by a Thursday night radio segment by conservative talk show host Mark Levin. Now, bear in mind, this was not fresh reporting by Levin or Breitbart. This was opinion. Uh, Attempts basically to connect some dots. Okay, so that was on Thursday. That's how this news story started. Now it's Sunday, and the White House is calling on Congress to investigate this theory. Here's Sarah Huckabee Sanders on ABC's This Week.
7: These are extremely serious charges the president is making. Where is he getting this information? Look, I think there have been quite a few reports. I know that uh, Jonathan and others uh, earlier in the program mentioned that it was all conservative media, but that's frankly not true. The New York Times, BBC uh, have also talked about and reported on the potential of this having had happened.
5: The Times and other news outlets did not report that Obama personally ordered Trump's phones to be tapped. There's no evidence of that. Reporters have described ongoing investigations into Trump associates, investigations that began when Obama was still in office. So Martha Raddatz asked, was Breitbart the main source for Trump's tweets? Here's how Sanders responded.
7: I think the bigger thing is, uh, you guys are always telling us to take the media seriously. Well, we are today. We're taking the reports that places like the New York Times, Fox News, BBC, multiple outlets have reported this.
5: Wait, the New York Times? Earlier this week, Trump said the New York Times was evil. And one of his aides recently called the BBC fake news. The failing New York Times. You and your colleagues have fallen oh.
6: into this trap of fake news. The failing New York Times.
5: Okay, so keeping that in mind, let's go back to what Sanders was saying on ABC.
7: All we're saying is let's take a closer look. If this happened, Martha, if this if, would. If, if. if. I I agree. Why is the president saying it did happen? Look, I think he is going off of information that he's seen that has led him to believe uh, that this is a very real potential. And if it is, this is the greatest overreach and the greatest abuse of power that I think we've ever seen in a huge attack on democracy itself. And the American people have a right to know if this took place.
5: Sanders is doing something the Trump uh, administration tends to do. Take the arguments and the, the allegations against Trump and turning them on somebody else, trying to do this flip-flop of sorts. So we've seen this news story. we presented this news story. It started on Thursday. Now it's Sunday. It gives Trump voters a new argument, something new to debate, something new to respond with.
1: All right, I'm back live. Now, we didn't have all the particulars, obviously. But I wanted to play the whole thing on Stelter, three and a half minutes without interruption, because you're probably seething right now. He showed zero curiosity about any aspects of this story. He didn't want to know about the FICE applications. Ladies and gentlemen, I didn't do original reporting. The reporters, so-called, did original reporting. I didn't have sources in the Obama administration leaking to me. They did. That was the public record. And so you actually have Stelter and Raddatz and the others condemning their own colleagues. But trying to condemn me in particular... I'm not a reporter. No, I'm not a reporter, thank God. I have respect for myself and my family. But I put together what the New York Times had said, what the BBC had said, what McClatchy had said, what some of their favorite websites had said. This went on for a week. I got no support from any Wall Street Journal columnist. I got no support from any Washington Examiner columnist. I got no support from any National Review columnist. I had a handful of people in talk radio who came to my defense. Some of my friends didn't even speak up. I had people calling me from all over the country saying, wow, do you see you're under attack, you're under attack, you're under attack. By the way, I'm not whining about this. I'm I'm putting this history in perspective. And I remember saying to my wife, I have hit the motherlode. I believe with all my heart there was spying taking place. I'm reading these articles. I can read between the lines. I know how FISA works. Something took place in that FISA court. Or there were these leaks, multiple leaks, wouldn't have occurred, even though they were contradictory. It didn't matter. Something took place in the FISA court in October. The unmasking, as I pointed out, Somebody, some group, is releasing the names of people, going through the back door. I'm quite familiar with how intercepts work, how FISA works. I'm even familiar with, wh- with whom we have permanent taps on, and I'm not going to get into that as a former chief of staff to an attorney general. I'm also a student of history, and as I would later say, but not in that particular segment, The leaks are probably coming from the top levels of the FBI, just as they did in Watergate, just as they have in other quote-unquote scandals. And the leaks were coming from the FBI, among other places. I could not possibly know about the dossier and all the rest of it. But still, there was enough. There was enough to know that something terrible was going on. And many in the media who attacked me knew pieces of it. But it didn't matter. Just like they came to the defense of Hamas against Israel. Or they came to the defense of Iran and North Korea against the United States and our president. Just as they celebrated us opening an embassy in a genocidal police state in Cuba, Havana. But condemned the opening of our embassy in Jerusalem and Israel in a democracy as required by a law passed in 1995, overwhelmingly by Democrats and Republicans. The media in our country are poisonous. Poisonous. These are not smart people. These are ideological people. They travel in the same circles. They go to the same dinners. They socialize among themselves. And they have one thing in common. They despise us. And... They despise our country. And yes, they do. So my question to you is, was I pretty close? We've since learned that there was, in fact, FISA warrant surveillance. There were actual spies, one or more actual spies in the Trump administration, excuse me, in the Trump campaign put there by the FBI. Actual spies. Forget about this word informants, as I said yesterday. A spy is a spy. And national security letters, so they wouldn't have to keep going back to the FISA court, even though they got their extension. Against the Trump campaign, and for what? They claimed that this 28, 29, 30-year-old guy, who had almost no role in the campaign, was drunk at the time, revealed to the Australian ambassador that he was aware that the Russians were interfering with our campaign. Well, so was Susan Rice. So was President Obama so was the fbi and they didn't do a damn thing about it and on that outrageous thin pretext they unleashed they unleashed spies surveillance perhaps wiretaps that was the word the new york times used at the time against the trump world you better believe you better believe that they had as their purpose to take him out should he be elected president of the United States. I'll be right back.
6: Mark in.
1: You know, ladies and gentlemen, it's no secret I love my Casper mattress. Their engineers have done a marvelous job creating an exceptionally comfortable sleep experience. ...and it's made falling into bed a whole new experience. Get a Casper and you'll understand why it's not just my favorite mattress, it's the Internet's too. Casper's three unique mattresses to help you sleep cool and comfortably year-round. The Wave is engineered to relieve pressure at 36 different points. The original Casper is more breathable and comfortable than ever. And the essential is innovation at a great price point. All mattresses are designed to coddle and comfort you every move... Plus, provide the perfect support for every position you sleep in. Discover why Casper has hundreds of thousands of happy customers like me, like my family, like Barney. Try your Casper mattress for 100 nights in your own home with free shipping and returns. Go to casper.com slash mark and use code mark to save $50 on the purchase of select mattresses. That's casper.com slash code mark, and you'll save $50 on select mattresses. Terms and conditions apply. See the site for details. Now, I will be on Hannity at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time, 6.30 p.m. Pacific. Uh, What time is that in Israel? I think that's 3.30 in the morning in Israel. So I'm sure people will be wide awake watching. By the way, I'll tell you something that was fascinating when I was in Israel. You know, I mind my own business, and I'm I'm walking up to the Western Wall, which used to be called the Wailing Wall, but I guess we don't call it that anymore. Walking up to the Western Wall. I've only been there twice in my life, and this trip, as you know, was like 36 hours, a whirlwind. And I have Israelis calling out my name. Not a lot, but a few. It's really remarkable who listens to this program. This program is heard all over the world, all over the world. The next issue I want to tackle is the Mueller investigation. We're told that this is the one-year anniversary. What are we supposed to do? Have a cake? Like candles? I don't know. One-year anniversary? Is this a national holiday? It's a disgrace that this has gone on for one year. He hires these enormously aggressive, irresponsible, and in some cases unethical prosecutors, most of whom are active Democrat donors and supporters of Obama, Hillary, or both, And what charges have they brought? They're just beating the hell out of Manafort. Now his ex son in law is turning on Manafort. Trying to get the former campaign chairman to buckle under any circumstance, do anything he can, just to get him to give him Trump somehow, some way, somewhere. Does that sound like justice to you? He's taken down Lieutenant General Michael Flynn. An outrageous attack on Flynn. Does that sound like justice to you? He's rounded up plea agreements that any assistant district attorney in some town with 12 people could do. Oh, look at that, a false statement. Charge him, charge him, charge him. This is a failed, disastrous prosecution team. I'll be right back. Other things I want to get to, but I want to finish this as well. Reminder, I'll be on Hannity on Fox, 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time tonight. I, uh, I was watching the various lawyers, professors, associate professors, assistant professors, former prosecutors, defense counsel, the long, long conga line of known and unknown lawyers on cable news who fill up time. Most of them are not constitutional lawyers, and most of them have never dealt with independent counsel, let alone special counsel. It's a different animal. It's a different animal than a U.S. attorney's office. It's a different animal than than uh, federal uh, prosecutors that work out of Maine justice. It's a different animal than than in uh, county prosecutors' offices or district attorneys' offices. It's a completely different animal. And when you're investigating a president of the United States, there are different terms. He is the most prominent purpose uh, person in our constitutional system. This isn't an embezzlement case. It's not a corrupt mayor case. It's not a case about a congressman stealing stamps or a judge taking a bribe under the table. All of those are serious cases. The circumstances involving the President of the United States are completely different than involving anybody else. And what the Department of Justice had concluded is that you cannot indict a sitting President. I didn't make that up. I dug it up. First, I found a 1973 memorandum written by the Office of Legal Counsel, which is the office that essentially oversees the constitutional issues uh, relative to an administration as well as, of course, the Department of Justice. And I read it. And it was a very detailed comprehensive, dense listing of precedents, court cases, and historical facts pulled together in a very rational manner. And I kept digging, which is what I do, and I found another one. October 16, 2000. And that particular memorandum was reviewing The 1973 memorandum. So you had the Clinton administration reviewing the Nixon administration memorandum. And that latest memorandum from 2000 agreed with the memorandum of 1973, I would say 98.9%. There were some newer cases, more case law to look at. Uh, particularly given the uh, Clinton litigation involved on the civil side, not on the criminal side. And they drew the same conclusions for many reasons, for many reasons. A senator is one of 100. A congressman is one of 435. A judge is one of almost 1,000. The country can do just fine without one, two, three, five of them. And so you look at the framers and how they debated the issue of impeachment. Where did they get this whole idea from? Where did they come up with the idea of impeachment? They didn't invent it. Through English common law, going back to the 1300s. And they didn't particularly like all aspects of what they saw in English common law. So they debated it. They debated the language. They debated how it should be applied. They borrowed some of it from the practices of the Parliament and the monarchy in Britain, and they creatively modified some of it for our constitutional system. They kept the part where the House of Commons, in our case the Congress, would bring the charges, and the House of Lords, in their case our Senate, would handle the trial. They also decided that the Senate... Should not be able to remove a president by a simple majority, even though the House could impeach a president by a simple majority. An impeachment is a is a uh, is an indictment, not a criminal indictment, a constitutional indictment. The reason they didn't go with a simple majority in the Senate, and they tell you why. They didn't want the Senate to be able to hold sway over a president. They didn't want a Senate to be able to blackmail a president. They wanted. Some ability to hold a president responsible, but they didn't want the ability of another branch to lord over the president. And so they came up with two-thirds. Two-thirds. The language, high crimes and misdemeanors, have absolutely nothing to do with criminal law, and they make that abundantly clear. High crimes and misdemeanors. What the British had called it was high misdemeanors. And they debated what that meant. High crimes, they decided, were not actual crimes, but offenses against the body politic, offenses against society, offenses that are so significant that they merit, uh, you know, charges and a trial. High crimes and misdemeanors. So they broke up the phrase high misdemeanors. It's not like, you know, you might say, I got a misdemeanor because I jaywalked. It has nothing to do with that. Nothing whatsoever. And, of course, there's other language in there as well. And mostly, during the Constitutional Convention, they focused on the presidency. There's no discussion about judges whatsoever. You know, high officials are subject to impeachment, but their focus was on the presidency. And one of the things they said was, interestingly, that of course if a president is impeached and then removed by the Senate, therefore he's a private citizen, or she is, uh, he or she is subject to the usual criminal justice system. Charges and so forth, trial and so forth. So they said after impeachment and conviction subject to criminal prosecution indictment the fact that they explained it that way they debated it that way and settled on it that way more than infers more than implies that they didn't expect a sitting president to be indicted moreover the impeachment process itself requires the participation of the body politic. The House of Representatives, closest to the people they felt, elections, every every one of them, every two years. The House brings the charges. Now, why did they say the House brings the charges? Because you're talking about an individual who's President of the United States that is elected by the entire country through the Electoral College, but nonetheless... The entire country votes. For the president and the vice president, those are the only public officials where the entire country votes for them. And they are in charge of the entire executive branch of the government. So they would never even dream of thinking that a prosecutor and a jury would have the power in lieu of the House of Representatives and the Senate, that is, these two bodies of the people, to effectively remove a president of the United States. Nor would they in any way contemplate that a prosecutor and a jury would have the power to cripple the president of the United States. The president had specific powers under Article 2, very significant powers under Article 2. The idea that a prosecutor and a jury of 12, back then it could be a jury less than 12, but a jury of 12 could have the power to nullify, in essence, the impeachment clause, would have been absurd. And it is absurd. Another point. When you look at our Constitution, there's some very interesting things in there that are intended to protect the individual, particularly in cases where they're being accused of criminal conduct. We have due process, probable cause for warrants, the right to a speedy trial, jury trials, all this process in place to protect the individual who's charged by what? The government. Because liberty is precious. If you're President of the United States, argued the Department of Justice in both memorandum, that means you're not going to be able to protect yourself, to defend yourself to the fullest extent of the Constitution under the procedures provided in the Constitution as a citizen not President of the United States would be able to do because you're also focused on your myriad heavy responsibilities as President of the United States. Some people say you're not above the law. Well, if you're able to indict a president, the president will not have the capacity to provide the kind of attention an individual needs to uh, apply if they want to stay out of prison. And of course, what is the ultimate purpose of indicting somebody? Well, to try them, but that's not the ultimate purpose. To convict them, that's not even the ultimate purpose. To imprison them, that's the ultimate purpose. And it's obvious that you can't have a president of the United States functioning behind bars. Now, you might say, well, there's the 25th Amendment. There was no 25th Amendment when the Constitution was adopted. There were no amendments. The Bill of Rights would come first from the first Congress and then obviously through the ratification process in the states. There was no 25th Amendment. They never ever contemplated the ability to remove a president this way. And a prosecutor cannot then seize the 25th Amendment as a way to remove a president. That's not what the 25th Amendment is there for. Moreover... The people of the United States didn't elect the vice president as president of the United States. The only reason the president is incapacitated under a circumstance of the kind we're talking about is because a prosecutor has created this circumstance of incapacitation. Nothing physical, nothing mental, nothing of that sort. That's another reason you don't indict a sitting president of the United States. Furthermore, with the memoranda, do not discuss. If a special counsel can indict a sitting president of the United States, what is to stop any of the 93, 93 United States attorneys from indicting a sitting president of the United States? Well, you might say the Justice Department. No, not the Justice Department, because the Justice Department has already said you cannot indict a sitting president of the United States. So if Mueller does it, he's defying his own department, he's defying His own bosses, which is why he won't do it, I don't believe. But that said, just think it out. Just like forum shopping with these left-wing judges. Let's say there's a U.S. attorney who really wants to earn credentials. And he's not happy with what the president's doing. Or she's not happy. And they find some cockamamie argument. Some cockamamie way to pull together a grand jury... Let's say the president has an investment in that state. You've seen these attorneys general throughout the state like the Schneiderman. That pervert. By the way, do you have to be a pervert to be attorney general of New York? I think that's the one main credential. But anyway. So you can see how easily you can begin to destroy the Constitution, the Republic, and the office of the presidency. And the office of the presidency. These are not necessarily my positions ladies and gentlemen, although over the years I've become more and more I've become more and more sympathetic to them. But these are the positions of the United States Department of Justice. I've embellished a few points because they didn't have them and I'm adding them. And so I circle back and we had this debate about subpoenaing the President of the United States and Professor Dershowitz, who I like. I've met him once or twice, but people go, do you hear what Dershowitz said? Professor Dershowitz said, look, if they subpoena the President of the United States. He's kind of stuck. What can he do other than plead the fifth? He's got to negotiate with Mueller. I said, BS, he doesn't have to negotiate with anybody. He can say No. Because ultimately, you're trying to subpoena and bring him in front of a federal grand jury. And he could say, no, you cannot bring me in front of a federal grand jury to ask me these cockamamie questions for the purpose of entrapping me and indicting me. You want me to answer questions, they have to be very finely tailored, and I'll decide if I want to answer them or not in the manner and form that I choose to answer them. And when you looked at the 49 categories of questions in areas that Mueller was looking at, they were preposterous. The president doesn't have to submit to that. And so I started talking about this, what the Department of Justice's position is. And Mr. Muller, Mr. Mueller, when he got his appointment, I went back and looked at that. And Mr. Mueller's appointment says he must comply with, I'm paraphrasing, the policies of the United States Department of Justice. And the policy in this case is no indict. No indict. And I've said that on the air, too. This apparently has now become the official position of President Trump and his lawyers. It wasn't before. And apparently, if Rudy Giuliani is correct in his relaying of information to us, it apparently is the position of Mr. Mueller, even though I don't trust him. We'll be right back. Mark lovin'. Rudy Giuliani on Fox and Friends. Cut six, Mr. Producer, go.
4: We, I asked him specifically if they, if they realized or acknowledged they didn't have the power to indict, uh, both under the uh, Justice Department memo which gives them their power in essence confines their power mm-hmm. and uh, under the constitution and he said well he he, did, he he wouldn't answer and one of his assistants said they acknowledged they had to be bound by justice department policies and then the next day or the day after they clarified it for Jay Sekulow who was with me at the meeting that they didn't have the power to indict That what they would eventually do is write a memorandum and give it to the uh, deputy attorney general mm-hmm. Rosenstein mm-hmm. and um, we, we never got to the issue of subpoena. He had, I think he had raised that earlier with, with John Dowd, uh, but it didn't come up with me. But we're pretty comfortable that in, in the circumstances of this case, they wouldn't be able to subpoena him right. personally.
1: Uh, and if they do, I mean, they physically can subpoena him personally, uh, then the battle begins. Then the constitutional battle begins. This has not been the position of the Trump lawyers. It is now. I hope it is, and I'm quite gratified by it. When we come after, uh, back after the bottom of the hour, I want to play one other clip for you. Then we're going to keep rolling along. I'll be right back.
0: the Republicans don't like him but America does you can call Mark Levin at 877-381-3811
1: by the way point of personal privilege shout out to my father Jack Levin wonderful author as you know you know he's going to be 93 years old on June 11th Mr. Producer 93 years old and he's as sharp and bright and engaged as ever Every night on the phone Good man Just a great husband and father He definitely is is, uh, Unbelievable You know one of the questions we keep hearing from our fans Of the radio show about Levin TV Is why do I need it I mean you're getting access to the radio show You can watch your own Fox Life, Liberty and Levin So with these options Why should I get CRTV I'll tell you why you should get CRTV It's completely different Wonderful, wonderful conservative hosts, different age groups, different content, different personalities, things you can do that you cannot do on public radio airwaves or public TV airwaves. We own everything at CRTV, which is why I really want you to check it out. You should check out CRTV. If you want to get your media when you want it, with the depth that you've come to expect from my radio show and my new Fox show, you need CRTV. These are the only places where you'll get the stories behind the biggest issues of the day, like the Mueller investigation, like North Korea, like Hamas, like so much more. With Levin TV, we cover the stories you want for as long as it takes to get to the truth, and you can watch every single episode whenever you want, which is another great thing. About Levin TV. Now, here's what I want to do for you. You can try it for 30 days absolutely free. There's no risk. And use promo code Levin, L E V I N, and you'll get $10 off the annual pass. What's the annual pass? It's $89 with $10 off. Now, how much is that a month? What's that? That's like uh, eight bucks, eight and a half bucks a month. That's like a Big Mac, Big Fries, a large Coke, and an apple pie. That's, the, that's what it costs each month. So try us out for 30 days absolutely free. Use my promo code LEVIN so you get $10 off this annual pass. You don't have to worry about setting it up. We'll tell you how to do it. It's easy. It's quick. Almost everything you have around you in your house is a platform we can use. Yes. Your mobile phone, almost all of them, Yes. Your laptop, yes. Your iPad, yes. Your PC, yes. More than that, you have a smart TV. We'll show you how to watch it there. And there's other platforms, too, involving Apple and so forth, and we can walk that through. We have very, very patient customer service, and when we say customer service, we mean customer service. You know what? It usually takes five minutes to set up. Five minutes. That's it. So give us a call at 844-LEVIN-TV. Give us a call right now. Our folks are there. We'll get you all set up. Get your 30 days absolutely free. Check my, my show out, LEVIN-TV, and all the others. That's 844-LEVIN-TV, 844-LEVIN-TV. Now, unfortunately, I've done something uh, that is not what I'm supposed to do. Mr. Producer, I have not pulled up the call screen yet. And it's giving me a fit. Can you tell me who I should speak to? Sirius Satellite, Georgia. Jim, go. It's an honor, Mr. Levin. Thank you, brother. Hey,
8: what cracks me up, and I kind of look at it from a different angle. Yeah. We've been told for a decade that it's the, it's the Russians' main goal to disrupt our, 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 our system, our political system. So with the whisper in the ear of an Australian diplomat, the smartest people in our government, Comey, Brennan, uh, Rosenstein, um, they're made clowns by Vladimir Putin that quick. And our media doesn't even realize that he won. He won the game. He beat them. He beat all of the 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 intelligence group of of our of our country. He checkmated our our uh our system, our political system. He went he won this deal. Now, that being said, I'm really not worried about it because Trump did nothing. He's gonna he's gonna slide through this.
1: No 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 You better worry about it. And we all better worry about it. You say fly through this. He is not the prosecutor. He's not the jury He's not the House, he's not the Senate, he's not the Supreme Court. A lot of this is out of his control. And so the Constitution provides a roadmap, and he ought to embrace it and use the Constitution. But I worry about it a lot. That's not to say in the end uh, it won't work out the way it's supposed to. It should. But he has spent 14 months fighting these people. His family has gone through the grinder. He's got people who have been around him who have been, in my opinion, been devoured by this process. So while we may not be involved in it, there's a ton to worry about.
8: Well, we elected him and he will be reelected. So.
1: All right, sir, that has nothing to do with anything. Thank you for your call. Pounding your chest doesn't fly. I mean, that's that's fine. We elected and he will be reelected. We're not even talking about that. I hope you're right. But it doesn't add anything to anything. Brad, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, on the Mark Levin app. Go. Hey, Mark,
9: thanks for taking my call. Um, okay. Basically, I don't think we've identified that we've had a coup against our
1: president. Oh, really? Uh, Nobody's ever mentioned that.
9: Yeah, well, I mean, uh, Rod Rosenstein, who, who uh, Mueller a- answers to, we have to fire that guy, and
1: we have to take over the FBI. Okay, who is we? We, I mean— we, I don't get to fire that guy. You're saying President Trump should fire him? Yes, absolutely. Well, let's walk through this rationally, and he fires him, and what happens? You fire Rod Rosenstein, at, who basically is not... Okay, a, he fires know. Rod Rosenstein. What happens in Congress?
9: What happens in Congress? Well, I mean, you know, they
1: keep doing what they, uh, they're they doing all the time, which is nothing. Oh, okay, so they do nothing. They don't impeach him, right?
9: No, no. I mean, it's Republican-run, uh, pretty much, isn't so
1: it? So what? I mean... You have Republicans I, in the Senate voting to protect Mueller. Have you seen that? can't fire Mueller... Sir, please follow me. If the president can fire Rosenstein without political ramifications like impeachment, don't you think he would have? No, I don't what, think he what do would you, have.
9: What do you think's holding him back? What's holding him back is basically the people around him that are telling. Sir, him Sir, not it's not to do the it. people
1: around him. The president is a man; he has his own mind. Why do you think the president hasn't fired Rosenstein?
9: Well, uh, basically because he's afraid. I mean, he's afraid that... He's not
1: afraid. He understands reality, and reality is he'd be subjected to impeachment. The prior caller said he has nothing to worry about. He's he's got things to worry about. But the fact of the matter is he should embrace the Constitution and do what he needs to do and fight it. He shouldn't give his enemies an opportunity to turn this into an absolute political uh, disaster. He shouldn't have a misstep... He fires Rosenstein, who ought to be fired, but he can't. If he fires Rosenstein, he will be impeached either in this term or the next term. And you'll have a number of Republican senators who will go with the Democrats, and his entire agenda will be clogged up.: You
9: know, I, I, I don't think so.
1: I think All I right, think that- good for you. Let's go on to the next guy. John in San Francisco. Meanwhile, he hasn't fired him, so obviously the president agrees with me. The great KSFO, go. Hello, Mark. Uh, thanks for taking my call.
9: Love you your bet. Sunday show, and I'm look for- looking forward to Gordon Chang on Sunday.
1: Yeah, North um, Korea and uh, China and nukes and cyber warfare. We're going to get into. It. We're going to have a. It's a very important show. We're going to have a lot of fun too. Thank you.
9: Yeah, yeah. Um, so the in- the info that you brought to light a year ago is proven correct. There's so much corruption that's come to light. To me, justice now lies at the hands of the most powerful person in the country, who is Jeff Sessions. Where is if he? he? Key, if he turns the key one way, you know, the, the, uh, the corruption can be—justice can be, can be done. If he turns it the other way, you know, the country never recovers. It never recovers.
1: And, and, and here's the thing, John. He's recused himself from an invest, any investigations involving the campaign and the Russians. Great. We're not talking about that. We're talking about the Department of Justice— um, memoranda we're talking about him upholding the constitution this is bigger than what he's recused himself in and honest to god i hear nothing from him my old friend is uh, is all of a sudden silenced and he gets a pass pretty
9: much from from a lot of the press as well he's the most powerful person and the future of the country really rests on his decision
1: i'm not so sure of that i mean i think the future if it winds up on this will wind up in the supreme court but I do agree with you that he has the power and the ability to short-circus this thing to ensure that there isn't a constitutional crisis. He doesn't have to sit on his hands.
10: Yeah.
1: All right, John, thank you for your call. Good call. Let's continue. Jaden Douglas, Kansas, the great KNSS, how are you?
11: Pretty good, Mark. You're doing a great job. Yeah, I thank think you. that's funny. Uh, Brian Ross and all the other backbenchers calling you a conspiracy theorists last year. And I uh, come to find out that it looks like there sure was a conspiracy with the FBI, at least. And uh, it's not quite so much theory anymore.
1: And you know but, what, Jaden? Uh, it's worse. It's worse than yeah. I even thought, isn't it?
11: Yeah, it is. And I was going to try and connect one more dot. Uh, if you remember way back when, in the first week of Trump's administration, there was a report about the Australian prime minister, a conversation with him. And, and uh, there was an expletive or something or other that Trump said during the conversation, and now we hear about an Australian uh, High Commissioner, and I wonder if that's related. But uh,
1: Well, the Australian High Commissioner, if what the New York Times said in this regard is accurate, that would have come um, much earlier than the discussion with the Prime Minister. I, I think, as I recall, that discussion was, the, Trump got angry because the issue was the, uh, the deal Obama cut over immigrants.
11: Oh, okay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I do remember that now. You're right. Yeah, that was a good montage there earlier, too. Uh, uh, uh,
1: I I, I would say that the the most damaged institution in this country as a result of what's taken place since the campaign and the election of Trump, uh, the media. Yeah. I mean, and, and I think in the case of the FBI, it can be fixed. In the case of the CIA, it can be fixed case of the media it cannot be fixed and so that's why we need alternative media we need competitive media we, we embrace these new technologies uh, podcasting the expansion of talk radio um, conservative websites social media I know people lament them because you know they, they can also be used f- for very evil purposes but it's very very important that we've introduced this kind of competition uh, into the public square, so we can compete with these other entities.
11: Yep, you're right. Yeah, that one guy called you a, an unlicensed gynecologist. I don't know. You might want to take that as a compliment. I'm not sure. Well, t-
1: <laughs> well you know what? I call Stephen Colbert. He's an unlicensed uh, proctologist.
11: Yeah. So we'll keep.
1: I'd rather be life. the other. I'd I'd rather be the other. He can be that one. All right, my friend. Thanks for your call. But that's that's comedy in this country today. That's where they take. Stephen Colbert looks like Spock with a broken ear. Doesn't he, Mr. Producer? I don't even think he's funny. He's stupid. He's a leftist. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Is Are the Celtics going to knock out the Cavaliers? It could happen. That's a hell of a team the Celtics have, really. They're only with their two best guys. I mean, that's a real team. And do you think Houston, it's now one and one with the Warriors, you think they'll win another game? It would be fascinating if it winds up being Houston versus Boston. I mean, I'm not sure of that, but I mean, it'd be very hard for Houston to win. But they've got, they've got their strategy down, Mr. Producer, which is just beat the hell out of Steph Curry. You notice that? They just uh, neutralize him. Because, you know, even guards today, many of them. Look at this guy Durant. What's he, 6'11 or something or other? With a six and a half foot wingspan? Who the hell can stop that guy from shooting his three-pointers? And that's the thing. All right, all right. I I like sports. I can't help it. Did I sound like I know what I'm talking about, Mr. Producer? Exactly. It's Stephen A., Now, you want to talk UFC? I know what I'm talking about. I understand the royal wedding is Saturday. I won't be watching. I hope there's a pay-per-view UFC. I really do. That I'll watch. You know, good news, folks. Hillsdale College is offering their free online Constitution 101 course again, but only for a limited time. So (coughs) register right away at levinforhillsdale.com. Hillsdale is the authority on teaching the Constitution. You can take the course based on the same curriculum that Hillsdale students use, taught by the same amazing professors. Close to one million people have registered, and if you haven't, you really should. I know this research that I'm about to share with you doesn't apply to any of you. But did you know one in three Americans can't name a single right protected by the First Amendment? The First Amendment, and only 25% can name all three branches of government? But get this. 33% can't name any branch, not even one. Now, you need to help make sure, we all do, that our fellow Americans understand not just those facts, but our constitutional rights. And this is where we in Hillsdale can team up. Constitution 101 provides you the perfect overview. So register at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. You'll get a free pocket constitution just for signing up. And you have to know liberty to defend liberty. And that's what Hillsdale College is all about. Levin for Hillsdale.com. I saw there was a hit piece on Hillsdale and Politico, I believe written by somebody from the Weekly Standard. Really, shame on them. Shame on them. These never-Trumpers have lost their minds. They've lost their minds. I mean, from a policy perspective, this president really has satisfied like 90, 95% of their agenda which is heavily focused on foreign policy. But they don't care. They're personally invested in his defeat. A bunch of uh, emotional pig, uh, emotional midgets. That's what they are. Eddie, Columbia, South
11: Carolina, Mark app. Go. How you doing, Mark? Okay, sir. Hey, um, I got a question for you. Do you think yep. you know, everybody keeps talking about how uh, Trump, why doesn't he declassify all this information, the FISA warrants and everything else? Do you think that he might be holding on to that as an ace in the hole after Mueller comes out with his report? He can declassify all this information, get it out there in the public, and show what a fraud he was?
1: I don't think he does, and I do think he ought to get a lot of it out right now.
11: Yeah, I agree with you. I would get it out preemptively, but, uh, but I was thinking that's, that's one uh, the only reason I could think of why he wouldn't declassify it right now. Just get it all out there in the open, let the public see what's going on.
1: Yeah, I, I'm not sure I know how to answer that because I don't have a good answer. Because I think you're right that he ought to do it now, but I guess I you know you might be right. I don't know. It's as rational as anything else.
11: Okay.
1: All right, buddy. Appreciate your call. Where are we there? There we go. Where the hell is the call screen? It's just so frustrating. Hold on, there, Mister Producer. What do you got there, Rich? What Carolina? Which one? Jim in North Carolina, Sirius Satellite. Go. Hey Mark. Uh, hey, I,
11: I just want to say, that in times that we're living in right now, with the uh, the covert operations going on uh, to try to undermine a sitting president, it reminds me of.
1: Uh, by, by the way, that's a good way to put it. Covert operations. Go ahead. Yes, sir. But Lincoln and uh, I remember. Uh, I like Lincoln a lot. In in eighteen thirty-eight, so he, he, he wrote
3: a speech, um, and he said he, he warned about a disruptive force within. Mm-hmm. And he basically said, I guess what I remember the speech: at, that uh, at what point, like, is danger is it ever going to uh, reach us? And he
11: said,
1: "He said if America is to be destroyed, it will be from within." Jefferson men. said the same thing. Many have said it. Your point. We're almost out of time.
11: Yes, sir. I'm saying that uh, Lincoln was exactly right.
1: Yes, I agree with you. All right. Thanks for your call, my friend. I shall return. the president of the United States as you've probably seen and heard by now has been attacked by the media the way Israel was attacked by the media regarding Hamas the way our country was attacked when we got out of the Iran deal the media are on the wrong side of virtually every single issue because the media hate America and the only part of the Bill of Rights the media like is the part that protects them oh and mass murders and terrorists apparently too but in any way this MS-13, we actually have people today saying don't call MS-13 members animals. And yet they are animals. They're domestic terrorists. ISIS could actually learn a thing or two about how to torture people from MS-13. They have as their purpose to torture and kill people. Not even, they're not even about robbing and selling drugs. No, they're out to hurt other human beings. It's the most vile gang... You know, you can imagine. And the president calls them animals, and they are animals. So you actually have individuals from Univision and elsewhere angry that he's calling them animals. I saw one of the guys on The Five, and you know who, very upset. They're human beings. No, they're animals. And so they try and turn it into a race thing. Well, MS-13 kills mostly other Latinos. The Democrats don't stand for people of of different races. The Democrats don't even stand for people. They stand for government, programs, bureaucracy, taxes, and in many cases, our enemy. So let's let's start some of this. Here is Trump at a California Sanctuary State Roundtable yesterday, and the first person to speak is Sheriff Margaret Mims. Cut one go.
5: Thank you. Why,
7: we'll, there we'll can win. be an MS-13 gang member I know about. If they don't reach a special, certain threshold, I cannot tell ICE about
6: them. Yeah. We have people coming into the country, are trying to come in. We're stopping a lot of them, but we're taking people out of the country. You wouldn't believe how bad these people are. These aren't people. These are animals.
1: Now stop. So the media in this country, almost to a corporation. That's what they are—corporations. Implied or flatly stated that Trump was talking about immigrants when he was obviously talking about MS-13. That was the subject. Go ahead.
6: Get them out of the country at a level and at a rate that's never happened before. And because of the weak laws, they come in fast. We get them, we release them, we get them again, we bring them out. It's crazy.
1: Yeah. And so they take what is a obviously uh, logical statement about MS-13 where he labels them as animals. And he's been doing that for a long, long time, by the way, and try to imply that he's a racist because he's talking about immigrants. You see, ladies and gentlemen, the media project. Most of the media are filled with racists, particularly the people who are very wealthy in the media, most of whom are very white. They don't live where MS-13 exists. They don't live on the border. They don't live in impoverished communities. They don't suffer from any of this. They sit on their fat asses, collect their big salaries. They can collect whatever they want. That's up to them. And then pontificate. The President of the United States has to deal with this. Instead of so the President today is asked to clarify his remarks. Truthfully, he doesn't have to clarify his remarks. His remarks... We're quite clear. Cut to go. Could
6: you clarify the context of your use of the word animal yesterday? Yeah. Some people well, it has nothing to do with this meeting, but I'm referring, and you know I'm referring, to the MS-13 gangs that are coming in. Uh, and I was talking about the MS-13, and also, and if you look a little bit further on in the tape, you'll see that. So I'm actually surprised you're asking this question, because most people got it right. But I'm saying the MS-13, you don't have that where you come from. MS-13, these are animals. They're coming into our country. We're getting them out. They come in again. We're getting them out. We need strong immigration laws. We have the weakest laws in the entire world. We have laws that are laughed at on immigration. So when the MS-13 comes in, when the other gang members come into our country, I refer to them as animals. And guess what? I always will.
1: And he's right. And the people who live in these communities where MS-13 exists, they know they're animals too. What do you call people who kill for fun in the most brutal ways, who decapitate people? They're they're debauchery. I mean, it goes on and on and on. John Harwood, a noted fake journalist, MS-13 gang members are human beings in my humble opinion. Well, then go ahead and live with them. The media, such fraud, such absolute utter fraud. And Nancy Pelosi, she and her husband, worth hundreds of millions of dollars. A winery, spectacular homes. She lives nowhere near MS-13. Listen to what that idiot has to say. And look how she lies by implying that the president's talking about immigrants and not MS-13 in particular. Cut three, go.
7: And so, when the president of the United States says about undocumented immigrants, these aren't people, these are animals. He
1: didn't say that, you clown, and you are a clown. Just put the outfit on and you're a clown. He didn't say that. Look how they lie. Like they lie about Israel versus Hamas, like they lie about Iran versus the United States. Look how they lie through their teeth. Go ahead
7: you have to wonder does he not believe in the spark of divinity the dignity and worth of every person these are not no I
1: don't believe in the dignity and worth of every person I think there's some rabid some human beings that crawl on the face of this earth and they always have and they always will and they have as their purpose to do very very evil things no all human beings are not nice you idiot go ahead
7: these are animals. The President of the United States. Ah,
1: shut up, you idiot, with your fake drama. As your dentures are falling out of your mouth. Sick of it. Then there is this, uh, what should I call her? This boil. This boil by the name of Ann Navarro. Phony Republican. But CNN loves her because she's out of her mind. She likes to attack. Cut four, go. I'm a lot more concerned of when he does things like call immigrants animals. Hey, idiot. He didn't call immigrants animals. And Navarro, you fool, you moron. You get paid to sit there at CNN and say the stupidest things. He didn't call immigrants animals. Go ahead. When we start dehumanizing people. He says he was talking about, the White House says he was talking about MS-13.
3: The defense is that he was following up by a statement.
1: Oh, oh, this is Cuomo. The dumbest of the Cuomos, and that's saying something. Ladies and gentlemen, we will continue this, but you heard the tape. I played the whole thing for you. We know exactly what he's talking about. Go
3: ahead. Of a sheriff saying that this is MS-13. He was just talking about MS-13.
1: Good enough? No, not good enough. Not good enough from a president who has... uh... Ah, Shut up, you idiot. I don't want to hear you anymore. Fool. Absolute fool. Low IQ. I'll be right back. Mark
5: Lovin.
1: By the way, I read somewhere that Burt Reynolds is going to be in another movie. I forget what movie it is. I'm a big fan of Burt Reynolds. I grew up watching Burt Reynolds. And as a matter of fact, uh, we have an area, a home, an area where he donated a lot of land for the Burt Reynolds Park. I think it's in Jupiter. And uh, he had some tough financial times, but still. Still, 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 you know, memories. All right, enough of that. Let's take a few more calls, shall we? And by the way, notice they attack Trump for something he never said. And then when they realize he didn't say it, most of them in the media, then attack him for what he actually said, calling murderous, raping, torturing gang members animals. Now, I don't know about you, but in my own home, that's what I call them. What do you call them? ISIS, MS-13, tele- they're animals. There's a lot worse that can be said about them, too. This is our media today. Attacking the Israelis for trying to defend themselves and protect their border from 50,000 people pouring in, including Hamas militia. They're not allowed to, you know. There's such an incredible disconnect between our media and reality because they don't really live among us. They don't socialize among us. Their reality is to be in a protective cultural bubble among themselves. They're the least ideologically diverse people you can imagine. Groupthink is what they embrace. That's who they are. They're obsessed with their own vanity. They have no virtue. When you listen to me play Joe Scarborough, because I know you don't watch him, And his, what is she? His wife? I don't even know what she is. Mika Brzezinski. You can tell. They have no virtue. They have no principles. They don't even have any class. And that whole conga line lineup at MSNBC, same damn thing. Look at CNN. CNN is an MSNBC wannabe organization. Their ratings are tanking. They're tanking. And yet the corporation that owns CNN is so massive, it doesn't care. It doesn't care that Chris Cuomo, the dumbest of the Cuomos, makes an ass of himself every single day. They don't care. This Anna Navarro, or whatever the hell her name is, they have her dance across the stage. Why? She gets ratings. She gets the idiot ratings. And there's more. Jake Tapper, he's a real journalist. No, he's not. He's not a real journalist at all. And so the media in this country, always line up with our enemies. Always line up with our enemies. Lining up tonight with MS-13. Lining up last night with Hamas. Last week they lined up with the Islamo-Nazi regime in Iran. Lining up with the Cuban genocidal dictators. They thought that embassy there was a cool idea. Lining up behind Kim Jong-un. Hoping our president fails. Hoping beyond hope. That's who they are. Bunch of ratfinks. Hey, you're attacking the First Amendment and you're you're weakening the First Amendment. I know more about the First Amendment than all of them combined. They're hiding behind the First Amendment. And they are destroying respect for the press. It is they who endanger the First Amendment. It is their politicians like Schumer who endanger the First Amendment. It is their liberal judges and justices who endanger the First Amendment. It is we who defend it. It is we who are prepared to debate them morning, noon, and night. Bernie Sanders will not come on my Fox TV show. He's a coward. He will not come on my Fox TV show. He will not debate with me. And I trust me, you've seen my show. I would do it respectfully. But I want to debate him on his philosophical mentors, on Hegel and Marx and Rousseau. I want to have that debate. I want to debate him on his economic policies. Free this, free that, free this. I want to defend individual liberty. I want to defend our history. I want to defend our Constitution. I want to defend private property rights and capitalism. I'm ready. Same with Elizabeth Warren. She will not come on. She will not come on. I don't know why I went here. I just felt like it. Kevin, New York, New York, the great WABC. Go.
11: Hey, how you doing, Mark? Good. How are yeah, I you, sir? saw you at the Reagan Library a few years ago. It was excellent. Uh, Thank
1: you. Excellent. Yeah, it's a great place. Um,
11: it was amazing. But, hey, the reason I'm calling is that I think uh, there's a little problem with the timeline they're giving in the, on the New York Times. Uh, according to that, this case wasn't ramped up until end of July, 1st of August. Yeah. But then why was the first vice request placed in, in, in July? You know, what was that based on? Did the case get ramped up till August 1st? What about the first FISA request?
1: That's a good point. And, you know, since I mentioned the first FISA request, and, again, it was in a media report, I've never heard about that request anymore. Have you? No. I'd hmm. like to know if it actually happened, actually existed. We knew about the October one. There were a couple articles that mentioned that, and I hit that. But there was that earlier one in the summer. You're exactly right. Right. All right, brother. Thanks for your call. We love the Reagan Library. Sivat, Sivdat, I apologize. New York, the great WABC. Go.
11: Miss
2: Eleven, it's a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you. I have a question for you. Does the president have the constitutional and legal authority to appoint a special prosecutor to investigate? whether there was a criminal conspiracy to launch this investigation and to frame him.
1: Well, theoretically, he can appoint whoever he wants to work for him in the executive branch, but there is a process in place with uh, regulations at the Justice Department for appointing special counsel. So constitutionally, yes, but uh, there is that process in place that I talked about
12: thank you
1: sir all right thank you my friend steve cookville new tennessee xm satellite how are you
0: good great mark how are you tonight
1: very well thank you sir
0: well great you're you're a great american mark thank you i got have a statement you know i i spent 25 years in the army uh i've been deployed several times and uh you know i've seen the best and worst of mankind uh and there's there's no question about that and uh, what I believe in is I believe in the American resolve, in the American willpower, and the Constitution of the United States. That's what I fought for, and uh-huh. I continue federal service uh, to this day. Uh, what I'm just absolutely disgusted with is, is those those few people in the in in our law enforcement uh, on the federal level and the news media. It absolutely just disgusts me every single day.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh day in and day out isn't it
0: absolutely absolutely yep. you know I, I I I a lot of people have sacrificed for this country and uh, and uh, uh, you know I just it just it's very hard to take on a daily basis
1: no I agree and thank you for your service my friend I appreciate it yeah I know there if if you take in too much of the media you're gonna be very depressed for a very long time so That's why you take it in little uh, little pieces, so you know what they're up to, which is usually no good. Uh, And then you move on. If you want to go back to it, you go back to it. But some people keep their TV on day in and day out. The CNN and MSNBC, you know, these are the people with. uh, Well, anyway, I'll be right back.
4: America's passionately cerebral voice. Talk with that voice now, 877-381-3811. Zip Recruiter,
1: are you hiring, posting your position at job sites and waiting and waiting and waiting for the right people to see it? Well, there's a new way to do these things, you know. Zip Recruiter knew there was a smarter way, so they built a platform that actually finds the right job candidates for you. ZipRecruiter learns what you're looking for, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply to your job. Now, these invitations have revolutionized how you find your next hire. And ZipRecruiter doesn't stop there. They even spotlight the strongest applications you receive so you never miss a great match. In fact, 80% of employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the sale in just one day. That's how great the site is. The right candidates are out there. Zip Recruiter is how you find them. Businesses of all sizes trust Zip Recruiter for their hiring needs. Right now, you, my listeners, can try Zip Recruiter free. Absolutely free. That's right. Just go to ziprecruiter.com slash Levin. That's ziprecruiter.com slash L E V I N. Ziprecruiter.com slash Levin because Zip Recruiter is the smartest way to hire. And that it is. All right. Let's see who else is out there. Give you guys a shot, right? Zach, Columbus, Ohio, XM Satellite. Go.
10: Uh, yes, Mr. Levin, uh, what an honor, sir. Um, Thank you. First off, I'd, um, I'd like to say that everybody's been, all the the media, they've been dancing around this um, problem that they have. It's something called integrity. Um, yeah. And I just kind of wanted to see what you thought about it. doing the right thing when nobody's looking and, being, and just telling the truth to the American people, just doing the right thing, you know? Well, you
1: have to have integrity to do the right thing. And if you're an ideological zombie uh, who enjoys going to the Hamptons or Middleburg, Virginia, nothing wrong with them, uh, to be with your pals and laugh it up about how you screw with the President of the United States and the American people, you don't have integrity.
10: Yes, sir. That's, uh, just, uh, everybody's been dancing around it lately, you know, just with what's been going on in the media. And, uh, you know, the American public is really upset, and I can tell, because <laughs> I am, mm-hmm. with what they've been doing and how they've been treating um, the news and how they've been treating the American public,
12: too, as well.
1: They lie to the American people.
10: Yes,
12: sir.
1: They certainly do, regardless of what they say in their own defense, which isn't much. All right, my friend. Thank you for your call. Cole! Phoenix, Arizona, Sirius Satellite. Go!
12: How are you doing t- t- this afternoon?
1: Very well, thank you, sir.
12: So, I had told your producer that I'm... I'm
1: are you are I'm you on, you on, on a, a speakerphone?
12: Uh, no, I'm on Blue Buds, but I changed change, change to the regular phone. Hang on a minute.
1: Yeah, that would help because it's hard to hear you. Not a problem. Go right ahead.
12: All right. Better?
1: Yeah, let's go. Go right ahead. Okay,
12: so um, I have to say that, you know, the media, they have no integrity, like your uh, previous uh, listener said, especially seeing how, you know, all of us down here in the Southwest, we're dealing with more than just MS-13 here. We're dealing with the Aztecas, the cartels, and everybody else. They would rather assume slaughter you in your own home or Mm -hmm. cut you up and burn you in it if you don't do what they tell you to do. They recruit high schoolers. They recruit people. All colors. It doesn't matter. They don't care. As long as they can make a buck, and if you're in the way, they'll take you out.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, that's quite right. So we we call them human beings, according to the left. First, they accuse Trump of saying something he never said and never would say. And having perpetrated that lie, then they circle back some of them and say, well, even if he says what he said, that is that MS-13 are animals, that's outrageous. There's nothing outrageous about it. It's It's like like calling uh, most of these reporters morons. It's
12: like you said earlier. They're they're subhumans. That's all there is to it.
1: Thank you for your calls. Of course they're subhumans. When you have a mindset that you want to kill people in the ugliest and worst way, somebody's girl, little girl, daughter, somebody's son, they're animals. And these people in, in the media, they do not live in the same society as most of us live in. They just don't. Let's take the next call here. Let's see. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. Let's go to Mike, Portsmouth, Virginia, the Mark Levin app. How are you?
11: Thank you, Mark. It's an honor to talk to you. Um, Thank you. I just wanted to say you've been at this, uh, talking about this scandal, spy scandal for a long mm-hmm. time, and mm-hmm. it seems like it's being slowly revealed. But what I wanted to ask you, what do you think is going to happen now? Do you think our institutions really can clean themselves up? and restore faith in no I don't
1: I think we have to clean it up through convention of states and article 5 I agree I, I, I think our government is unmoored in many respects from the constitution and we have people in government and people who are barnacles on government like the media who like it and are even pushing for more of it that is this sort of anti-constitutional governance and it's very dangerous and it's getting more dangerous by the year
11: do you think the FBI and the CIA can't, will clean themselves up? I mean, you said No, that. I think they
1: have to be cleaned up, and the way you do that is get really top-notch people at the top uh, because I think most of the people in the FBI and CIA are just fine. But the people at the top, they have the ability to abuse power. They are disconnected from the uh, worker bees at the lower levels, and this is the problem. Uh, Barack Obama chose radical leftists to head these positions. He chose Comey because he knew Comey, Uh, through his past conduct uh, with uh, George W. Bush and Attorney General Ashcroft, was a reliable leftist. All right, sir, I appreciate your call. Let's see what we have here. Bear with me, folks. We have John Clearwater, Florida, on the Mark Levin app. How are you?
3: Very well, Mark. Uh, It's a great honor, and God bless you and your family.
1: You too. Thank you, bro.
3: Okay, I'm a retired New York City police sergeant. Okay,
1: wow, nice to meet you. Thank
3: you. Um, when that House memo came out in February, in one of the first paragraphs, and I'm sure you're aware of this, you know, as your film, as the you know, chief of staff to an attorney general, is that t- to renew these FISA warrants, it requires, and it says it right in the memo, it requires new probable cause. In addition, mm-hmm. you know, every every ninety days, it's got to be renewed, and new probable cause. You're right. I, I am dying to know what the new probable cause on the three renewals was. You got the supervisors and the FBI and and uh, and just as signing off on these things. Okay, everybody should be swaying because if you know, God forbid, I did something like that, signing off on paper on a on a document that was I knew was not correct or legal. Um, I'd be fired and prosecuted, you mm-hmm. know, and it really bothers me that, and I'm sure other cops and federal agents feel the same way. I mean, I put handcuffs on thousands of people mm-hmm. for a hell of a lot less beefs than these guys that, you know, what they're pulling over there, and it's, it's really not fair, and we, Trump needs to go after these people full throttle, legally, of course, you know.
1: No, you're right. No, it's a good point, and you're right. Every one of these extensions on these applications, every 90 days, you have to show again the probable cause. And we'd all love to know what it is. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because the, the focus of it, the, this Carter Page, he's, a, he's walking. He's a free man. They haven't charged him with a damn thing.
3: It's, it's, um, it's, it's unbelievable.
1: And by the way, that's after a year of surveilling him. His phone calls, his texts, maybe his, his emails and so forth and so on. After a year, they have nothing on the guy. Nothing.
3: All, all these guys too uh, what 's his name from Florida my senator uh, Rubio, and everybody wants to leave Mueller alone are, the, are you going to really insult my intelligence by telling me that they don't that they they still need to look at this at this situation if they had anything, it would be out already, okay? no doubt about it, okay it really would. these Republicans need to step up okay they need to be full throated. In criticism of this, everybody. They need to. Everybody needs to get on board, support the president. He's doing the right things with, with a lot of stuff for conservatives, and you know they got to step up, and we got to unite. And uh, you know, I think hopefully something will shake loose soon. I think I think they're waiting on the, uh, the report from the IG, you know, and I, I I'm hoping that you know Sessions and everybody's waiting for that report from the IG to give them some political cover so then they can go, you know, ratchet it up. You mm-hmm. know, ratchet up and, and let's get these bests, really, you know?
1: Yep. All right, brother. You take care of yourself. I like it when these cops call and the truckers call and the firefighters call. They're just uh, good people. Jeff, Pensacola, Florida, Sirius Satellite. Go.
2: Hey, Mark. How are you? Good evening. I'm good, a recovering attorney, so I'm not as cool as the uh, as the police officers, but... Um,
1: well, as uh, long as you're not a recovering defendant, uh, that's 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 okay. <laughs>
11: well,
2: listen, the the answer to what your last caller said it dovetails in with what I was going to get at. It, the, the probable cause is coming from this this circular logic they're going through. It's the same thing they did to get the first warrant when they cited the Yahoo article to mm-hmm. pull your, uh, a leak that I believe they orchestrated, but at the very least, deal orchestrated at the behest of Fusion. Uh, you know, they, they use that to bootstrap, you know, the, the, the steel memo as though it was coming from a different source. So, you know, and if you look at the pattern, every 90 days you get these, you have these big series of leaks that were spilling out. So I, I believe the probable cause is, 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 orchestrated. And the orchestrator, and that was what my call is about, is Brennan. Uh, you know, the FBI can leak to the New York Times and say they ramped up in June. But don't forget that Brennan had people working in the UK, Papadopoulos and that crowd. Um, he was, you know, it, it's believed he had people leaking or, or, or pushing stories and basically attempting to guide Popopolis to you who know, it maybe it's a willful dummy. But, I mean, to say this thing ramped up in June, is, it's fallacious. And you know, the American Spectator yesterday, I believe, had an article that pretty much tied it together where uh, Brennan had all these people coming to Langley and, and sort of had a, under the auspice of the whole you know, nine eleven the agency that's together thing, he had everybody, including Strzok, coming and talking together. So that it just, it's, it's very difficult to believe that, that everything just ramps up you know, spontaneously in June, July. Oh, you don't need to look any further back. So I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I think it's a lot deeper, and, and there's a lot going on there.
1: And listen, we don't know even – look on the unmasking side. We know almost nothing. Uh, about the the record number of people who were unmasked, the leaking that took place, the people who leaked on uh, on uh, General Flynn—they haven't been tracked down or anything of the sort. That just keeps hanging out there, which keeps bugging me. All right, my friend, thank you. We'll be right back. Much in. forget 40 minutes from now 9 30 p.m eastern 6 30 p.m pacific and all the times around i will be on the fox news channel and sean Hannity's tv show 9 30 p.m eastern time i'm going to speed from the mark levin radio bunker head over to the mark levin tv bunker and look all pretty for you so uh I hope you'll join us. It'll be a good show. He always does a good show. He's one of the good friends who did come to my defense, by the way. You know, more than one million children became victims of identity theft in 2017, and families paid $540 million out of pocket to cover the cost of the fraud. Kids' identities are worth tons on the black market. Thieves open accounts, and parents don't find out for years, often when they apply for financial aid for college. It's a really, really big problem. With school and medical records now digitized and even young kids routinely online, the risk is growing faster than ever. But you don't need to worry actually. You can protect your family right now with My ID Care. My ID Care covers you for the 9 types of identity theft including child ID theft with great family plans. And they provide a 100% identity recovery guarantee or your money back. That's the difference between My ID Care from the other guys. You need top-tier identity recovery, and they stand by it with their guarantee. This is why we decided to sponsor, and they decided to come on the show. They are the platinum standard. They are the top. You and your kids need protection. We all do. And you need Care like I have and my parents have. Learn more and get 15% off at MyIDCare.com slash mark promo code mark. That's MyIDCare.com slash mark. Promo code, Mark. One more time because this is so important. MyIDcare.com slash Mark. Promo code, Mark. All right. Let's continue, shall we? Yes, we can. Uh, Let's go to Julia, Albany, New York. How are you, Julia? Uh,
10: Yes, good evening, Mr. Levin. Um, Thank you for um, taking my call. Um, I just wanted to... Um, first of all, um, I'm a 28 year uh, active member of law enforcement for um, a state police, the State Police in New York. Oh, you're a state trooper! Congratulations. Yes, I am. <laughs> yeah. It's a
1: dangerous job, uh, man. I don't know how you people pull over people in the middle of the night. That's scary. Yeah.
10: Well, it's um, we get good training, and it's uh, a great career. Um, we do a really good job in New York. I'm very proud of my agency. Um, thank you. I. You know, I wanted to thank you for the work that you do in, in talking every day on um, TV and the radio about the important things that matter, um, the erosion of our Constitution, um, raising people's awareness level on some of the issues that are very important today with um, our government, uh, federal government, and um, it's tough, and, and I find that in New York, we have a lot of rules in our state, maybe more than many other states, and um, that's a possible sign of the, uh, constitution, um, some of our constitutional rights being taken away. Um, and we also have a lot of divisions in, in the state that I live in where it's, you're not able to talk to your neighbors as easily about, um, you know, what you each may have different, yep. um, beliefs about, uh, the political process. And it's become very, um, you know, difficult. So, uh, I, I don't even understand how people would want to get into politics. I've thought about it myself and it's like Mm -hmm. you go into that world and you're just eaten
1: alive well if you're a leftist you clearly are not you're right but if you're a conservative I mean you're exactly right they will beat the heck out of you you know if you're a leftist you can drive a car off a uh, bridge into a deep pond uh, spend 10 hours worrying about yourself while somebody's left behind and the young lady dies and you go on and you can be a, a potential nominee for president of the United States in the Democrat party
10: True. Yeah. I mean, in, in in New York, I've seen like for us before the uh, presidential election, we had Trump signs taken off our lawn. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and we're kind of in the country. We're not in a, you know, just that someone would think to get out of their car or whatever, walk on my property and mm-hmm. do that because seeing that bothered them.
1: Right. All right, my friend, I much appreciate your call and and your service. I, I Actually, I think about it. When the police pull people over, particularly when it's dark out, that is mighty scary, I think. Uh, Paul, Tucson, Arizona, how are you, sir?
12: Good. Thanks for taking my call, Mark. I uh, appreciate everything that you do. So the the point I was, I was just wanted to make was uh, how the left in, infused humor, like the Stephen Colbert comments, are really not funny with a lot of people is because they're... And my brother made this correlation. The left, when they use humor, it's more or less visceral hate, saying something like, I hate Trump and everybody thinks it's funny. But when the right uses humor, they tend to incorporate facts into the humor, and that's why the right has been so effective with things like memes, because they put some sort of factual comment into it and infuse it with humor, and it turns out to be a good means for actually... Uh, sending out relevant information to a lot of people in a way that's mm-hmm. easily digestible. Right. But the left doesn't do that. They just they just say something that's really just more or less visceral hate, and mm-hmm. then the only people that receive that are people who more or less agree with the hate, you know, mm-hmm. and, it's, and it just perpetuates hate, and I don't think it's effective means of communication.
1: All right, my friend, I appreciate your call. By the way, we want to welcome WDGJ, our new affiliate in Albany, a magnificent station, And the man, Paul, my buddy, he owns it, he runs it, and it's a great station. I will see you on Hannity literally in 30 minutes. Please check us out on the Fox News channel. And we salute all you heroes out there. God bless each and every one of you. And check out Levin TV, too. It's all good. Thank you for being with us. God bless you, and see you in 30 minutes.